Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying Podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. I hope all of you out there in the world are being safe. I hope all of you out there during this pandemic are being smart and making good decisions and being well. With all of that being said, ladies and gentlemen, as we all know, this NFL quarterback carousel is just an Aaron Rodgers decision away from just literally just blowing up and being just an absolute domino effect for the rest of the NFL. You got Russell Wilson. You got Jimmy Garoppolo. You got Carson Wentz. You know? And you got Kyler Murray with his issues with the Arizona Cardinals. You have Deshaun Watson. And it's almost like it's almost like a a musical chairs of the quarterback position. This this QB carousel this offseason has a chance to be very, very, very crazy and just off the wall, out of control. Or it could be another offseason of a bunch of NFL quarterback carousel hype and no smoke. Because obviously, as you all know the saying, where there's smoke, there's fire. And Aaron Rodgers could make a decision at any moment on what he wants to do. Russell Wilson, depending on how things go with Pete Carroll in the front office, Russell Wilson could just eventually say, I want out. The Colts are going to move on from Carson Wentz. Jimmy Garoppolo on the 49ers. There's a chance that Jimmy Garoppolo could end up staying in San Francisco because Trey Lance isn't ready to play right now, according to Joe Montana, according to Steve Young. So it's almost like, it's almost like, and then you have obviously Deshaun Watson and his situation that has been going on now for a year. But it's almost like we don't know which domino is going to fall. And however the first domino falls, that's going to set the tone for a lot of other teams and what they could do moving forward. I mean, literally, Aaron Rodgers could decide to stay in Green Bay if he wants to. And that could hinder what what a, what a Denver wants to do. Russell Wilson could very well decide to stay in Seattle. That could hinder what a Tampa Bay wants to do or what a Pittsburgh wants to do, if that's the case. Like, we just, we do not know how in the hell this stuff is going to pan out. And it is just, it is so exciting and it is so much fun to watch because you just never, ever, ever know who the first domino is going to be the fall and how it's going to fall. So, I'm just, I'm very, very excited about this, but also at the same time, I'm anticipating for just absolutely nothing, and I'm anticipating a big-ass dud of just, uh, just a big ball, a big pot of nothing. So, so that's where I'm kind of at right now with this. I'm very, very excited, but then, but but then at the same time, I'm also, you know possibly expecting nothing to happen so so that's my thought on that next up i want to talk about steph curry 
we all watched the NBA All-Star game this past weekend, and Steph Curry is just, this dude is just ridiculous. I, I, I mean, now, I'm, now, I'm going to say this. I know it's an All-Star game, and I get it. Guys don't really put forth a lot of effort in the NBA All-Star game, and I get that. But at the end of the day, this is just me being real with y'all. I I take the NBA All-Star game all damn day over the Pro Bowl. That I mean, and I'm I'm dead serious about that. I'm not joking. I would take the NBA All-Star game over the Pro Bowl any damn day of the week. I stopped caring about the Pro Bowl probably about six, seven years ago. I stopped caring about the Pro Bowl because with the Pro Bowl. You can't blitz in the Pro Bowl. You can't, you know, you can't. Um, it's certain things in the Pro Bowl that you can't do. Pass rushers don't show, don't really show any effort, you know. So all in all, I I would take the NBA All Star Game over the Pro Bowl over the Pro Bowl any day of the damn week, because with the Pro with the All Star Game in the NBA, these players actually, yeah, they're putting on a little bit of a show for the first. For the first, you know, there are no quarters anymore, but they're putting on a show for like the first 30, 40 minutes of the game. And then once it gets down to that target score that Team LeBron and Team Kevin Durant are aiming for, then that's when they ratchet up the level of play. That's when they ratchet up the intensity. But I want to talk about Steph Curry really, really quick. We all know Steph Curry dropped 50 in that All-Star game. And he showed us in that game that we should not take him for granted. And I'm watching this guy, and I, I, I mean, I mean, he's literally pulling up from the logo. And here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part about him making all of these shots. A lot of the, you know, regular, like, two or three feet behind the line, three-point shots that Steph Curry makes, that's nothing to him. But the fact that he's pulling up from the logo when he's hitting these shots, the fact that he's pulling up from the logo, yeah, he's doing this in the All-Star game. But he has he has done this during regular season games. Which makes it even, I mean, which makes it even more sick to think about. I mean, it is ridiculous. This dude's ball handling skills are top five all time. I mean, seriously, it's it's Steph, Kyrie, Allen Iverson, and I really can't think of any other two right now. But those those are the those are my top three: AI, AI, Kyrie, and Steph Curry. Steph Curry is literally pulling up from spots on the floor that other players around the league outside of Damian Lillard would get benched for pulling up from. And with Steph Curry, not only with his ability to to drop 50 in an All-Star game when he needs to, but his selflessness on the basketball court, his ability to get along with teammates, his ability to get a crowd who who not so much cares about the all-star game the all-star game but they but they care enough to go and watch these players put on a show 
to get a crowd to get a crowd so involved in the All Star game the way Steph did. It's just it is just unbelievable and it is amazing to watch, and I love watching Steph Curry play, and I am not taking this dude for granted at all, because this guy, at some point when he retires, that three point all time record that three point uh, that that record for three point that record for three pointers made in a career will be so far. I mean, I mean, it, it, it will be, it will be so far along that I honestly don't think it will ever be reached. It will never, ever, ever be touched. But Steph Curry showed us in that All Star game why he is as special as he is, and why we should not take this dude for granted for however long he chooses to play the game of basketball. He dropped 50, and I and as I'm watching this game, I'm I was rooting for him to break Anthony Davis's single game All Star scoring record. I was rooting for him to break it, and then it got towards the end of the game where he missed like six or seven threes in a row, and he just he just ran out of gas. But Steph Curry, like I said before, Steph Curry showed us in that game why we should never, ever, ever take him for granted. Because when he retires, when he's gone, Steph is gone, just like LeBron. When LeBron is gone, and I'm going to talk about him a little bit later, when LeBron is gone, LeBron ain't coming back. When Steph's gone, Steph ain't coming back. So let's not take him for granted, and let's truly appreciate him for how good this dude really is. Because this man is just, hes he is killing it, and he is just absolutely special. And it is just, it is truly ridiculous to watch him play the game of basketball. And it is ridiculous in a, in a really unbelievable and entertaining way. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you guys my QB carousel scenarios and where I think quarterbacks Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and Jimmy Garoppolo will land. Will land. And also, I'm going to give you guys my thoughts on the LeBron James Los Angeles Lakers situation. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I talked about how the QB carousel this offseason is going to possibly be one of the biggest, one of the biggest as far as musical chairs go, or it could, or it could end up being a real dud and really nobody goes anywhere. But with that being said, we all know the names that are circulating around the you know the trade speculation talk and things of that nature. We all know the quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo. We all know the names. But I'm going to give you guys a list of my QB carousel trade scenarios and I'm going to give you guys a list of all those names and teams and and a team or teams that I think would fit as far as as far as trade scenarios of where of where I think that guy could end up. Now, before I give you guys the team or teams that I think this quarterback would fit with, there are a couple of names on this list that have two teams attached to that quarterback's name. Because I couldn't really choose between one or the other, so I just I picked both. I pick I picked two teams. So with that being said, let's get started. Russell Wilson. As we all know, Russell Wilson voiced his opinion about 
getting hit a lot in Seattle, and he named four teams last offseason that if he were to leave Seattle that he would like to possibly be traded to. Dallas Cowboys, Chicago Bears, New Orleans Saints, and the Las Vegas Raiders. And looking back at that, that really didn't age well for Russell. So let's so let's move forward to this season. There are two teams in mind that I think would make per, would make perfect sense for Russell Wilson if Seattle were to trade him. He could always stay in Seattle, but if Seattle were to trade him, these are the two teams that I think would make perfect sense for him. Either one of these two teams. First up, the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos, to me, are the Seattle Seahawks Midwest. And I say that for this reason. Seattle and Denver have a few things in common. Seattle, when Russell was there within his first three years, first first three or four years, had a damn good defense. Denver, right now, has a damn good defense. Seattle, within Russell Wilson's first three to four years, had a damn good rushing attack. Denver has a damn good running game. Now, Denver may move on from Melvin Gordon, or they may bring him back. We never, ever know. But with but with Seattle also, Seattle had really, really decent perimeter weapons. What does Denver have? They have damn good perimeter weapons. Now, in my opinion, Denver's, Denver's perimeter weapons are way better than Seattle's. That's just my opinion. Now, with with Denver, with Denver, Denver needs to, in my opinion, they need, they need to improve their offensive line. If they if they improve and they tweak that offensive line, can you imagine Russell Wilson with this Broncos football team? In my opinion, Russell Wilson goes to Denver. You cannot tell me Denver is not in the running for win, not only winning the AFC West. In my opinion, in my opinion, I would pick them to win the AFC West if they get Russell Wilson, and they would be in legitimate contention to win a championship. Another place that I think Russell Wilson would be absolutely perfect for, the Indianapolis Colts. Here's why I say the Indianapolis Colts. I say the Indianapolis Colts because if you go back and you look at Indianapolis Colts quarterbacks of the past, Peyton Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, those quarterbacks are perfect at the podium. Russell Wilson, perfect at the podium. Their quarterbacks... They like to, I don't want to say keep a squeaky clean, a, a, a squeaky clean image. Excuse me, say that, say that ten times. A squeaky clean image, but Indianapolis Colts quarterbacks are very, they're very mature. They're very, they're very, um, they know how to handle themselves at the podium. They take on the responsibility of having a bad game. When when it's called upon when it's called upon for them to take responsibility for having a bad game, and it, it it just feels like to me Russell Wilson is is and he would make the perfect Indianapolis Colt. For me, that's just my opinion. So those are the two places that I could see Russell Wilson getting traded to, if the if if the if the Seattle Seahawks were to trade him. I could see Russell Wilson going to the Broncos or going to the Colts. Next up, Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins, if the Minnesota Vikings were to trade him, and there have been reports out there saying that that Minnesota would more than likely uh, would more than likely possibly look to trade him. If Kirk Cousins does get traded from Minnesota, 
I think he would make a perfect fit for the Cleveland Browns. Here's why I say that. There, 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 was, there was a report out from Mary Kay Cabot that the Cleveland Browns will be looking to upgrade and get a veteran quarterback this offseason. So I believe Kirk Cousins would be a perfect fit in Cleveland. Why? Because in Kevin Stefanski's last year in Cleveland, before he left to take on the Minnesota Cleveland Browns head coaching job, he was with Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. So him and Kirk Cousins kind of have a relationship. So if Minnesota were to move on from Kirk Cousins, I can totally see Kirk Cousins going to the Cleveland Browns and being the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback. I can totally see that. Next up, Carson Wentz. As we all know, the Indianapolis Colts are going to move on from Carson Wentz via via trade or release this offseason. And I believe there are two good there are two places for Carson Wentz that makes sense. Number one, one of the places that makes sense for Carson Wentz, the Minnesota Vikings. I say the Minnesota Vikings for this reason because Minnesota, if they if Minnesota moves on from Kirk Cousins, you put Carson Wentz with that Minnesota Vikings offense, Adam Thielen. Tyler Conklin at tight end, Irv Smith Jr., Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook in the backfield. All Minnesota would have to do is continue to tweak that offensive line and beef up that defense. Minnesota and Carson Wentz could give Green Bay some problems if Aaron Rodgers comes back. So so that's one fit for me with Carson Wentz. Another fit, this may throw you all off, the Green Bay Packers. Why do I say the Green Bay Packers? Because the Green Bay Packers are in the same situation as the Minnesota Vikings. If Green Bay moves on from Aaron Rodgers, I can totally see a scenario where the where Carson Wentz ends up going to the Green Bay Packers. And here's another thing. Green Bay kind of has that college-like atmosphere, that college-like feel to them that the college that Carson Wentz came from, North Dakota State University. Green Bay kind of has that 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 college atmosphere type feel to them. Now, Devontae Adams may not come back. In my opinion, Devontae Adams is going to end up going wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, or maybe he goes to Las Vegas with Derek Carr to have their Fresno State reunion. We never know. But if Carson Wentz goes to Green Bay, you have a running game with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. You got Alan Lazard. You got you got Marquez Valdez Scantling. You got Amari Rodgers. All Green Bay would have to do. You got a damn good defense. All Green Bay would have to do is go into the draft, beef up the beef up that offensive line, beef up that defense, get a couple more receivers, and Green Bay could totally still win the NFC North with Carson Wentz as a quarterback. Just 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 throwing that out there. So the two places for Carson Wentz, in my opinion, that would make a lot of sense the Minnesota Vikings, or the Green Bay Packers. Next up, Deshaun Watson. I talked about this a couple episodes ago. I think Deshaun Watson will be an Arizona Cardinal. We don't know what Kyler Murray is going to do. We don't know his situation. We All we all we know is, is that Arizona and Kyler Murray are kind of beefing a little bit, and it, it is just a matter of... of is Kyler Murray going to want out or is Arizona and Kyler Murray going to kind of reconcile and say, okay, 
Let's nip this in the bud now so this doesn't linger and we eventually have to move on from you, Kyler. But if it were to happen, I think Deshaun Watson will end up with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is in Arizona. J.J. Watt is in Arizona. Is in Arizona. His two former, his two former Houston Texans teammates, Cliff Kingsbury, needs to win football games, and I believe if Kyler wants out, I believe Deshaun Watson will end up a Cardinal, which is which is a team that a lot of people really aren't talking about. So, uh, so Deshaun Watson to the Arizona Cardinals makes perfect sense for me. Next up, Aaron Rodgers, retirement. I think Aaron Rodgers ends up ultimately retiring. If he does not go back to Green Bay, because if you go back, if you look at his Instagram pictures and things like that, it almost looked like, and I agree with Mark Slareth when Mark Slareth said this on Colin Cowherd's show. He said that he thinks that it looks like Aaron Rodgers is saying goodbye. And it looked like he was saying goodbye not to the Green Bay Packers, but it felt like he was saying goodbye to the NFL. Now, Ben now, and it feels that way because Drew Brees is gone, Ben Roethlisberger is gone, Peyton Manning's been gone for a few years now, Tom Brady's gone. Manning, Roethlisberger, Brady, Brees, Philip Rivers is gone, Eli Manning is gone. It just feels like the new, the, the old guard of the quarterback position. Is what it is is retiring, and it's and all of those guys who are part of my era of football are leaving the game, and I say Tom Brady, but for now, Tom Brady for now, it just feels like to me Aaron is going to walk away. Now I know that sounds crazy coming off of back to back MVPs, but you just you never know. Now could he come back? Or could Aaron Rodgers continue to keep playing? Yes, he's very, he, yes, he's playing at he he's playing at the most elite level in the league right now. But could he retire? I could very well see him walking away. Now, if he doesn't retire, I, I could be totally wrong, and he could end up getting traded to Pittsburgh for all I know. But from what it sounds like to me, I think Aaron Rodgers retires. That's just my thought. That's just what I think. And lastly, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo will end up a Washington commander. And I say he'll end up as a Washington commander because it feels like to me Ron Rivera wants the kind of quarterback that is a system guy like an Alex Smith that is efficient and doesn't really turn the football over that much. But when he gets into a groove, he gets into a groove and the commanders have a damn good defense. They got really, really good weapons with Adam Humphreys on the offensive side of the football, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, and J.D. McKissick in the backfield. It just feels like Washington needs some efficiency and accuracy at the quarterback position to go along with their really, really good defense, and it feels like Jimmy Garoppolo will give that to them. I say Jimmy Garoppolo ends up a Washington commander. So those are my QB quarterback carousel, oh, excuse me, my QB carousel trade scenarios for all of the for all of the big time quarterbacks in the NFL for the, for the 2022 offseason. I could be wrong on all of those scenarios that I just gave you guys or all those predictions. I could totally be wrong and nothing could happen. But at the end of the day, 
That's why this is a wait and see situation, and I'm very, very excited for it. Next up, next up, I want to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers real quick. There was a report that came out in Bleacher Report, and it had to do with the athletic. And the report is this: LeBron James wields more power than the, with the Lakers than Kobe Bryant ever did. Quote: As important as Bryant was to the Lakers, sources inside the organization have long said that not even legendary mom, Black Mamba, the, the legendary Black Mamba, wielded as much power within the organization as James has now. Bill O'Ram of the Athletic reported. Bottom line is this, and I'm going to just simply say this. I disagree with that, and here's why I disagree with that. When you bring LeBron James into your franchise, no matter what NBA team you have, when you bring LeBron James into your franchise, you bring him into your franchise with the expectation of that you're going to win championships. And with LeBron James comes roster changes. And the Lakers knew what they were getting themselves into when they brought LeBron on the, on, on, onto that, or when LeBron chose to come there. So I don't feel bad for them as far as that. Here's where I disagree as far as LeBron wielding more power than Kobe did, RIP Kobe. Kobe was in a situation where he was, he was playing with a team for about a good two-year stretch, 2003, 2004, 2004. 2006 when Rudy Tomjanovich took over that basketball team after Phil Jackson left after the 2004 season when the Lakers lost in the NBA Finals to the Pistons. When Phil Jackson left after after the 04 season and Kobe was with the Lakers for two years, the Lakers were a dud basketball team with, with Kobe and just a bunch of guys like Smush Parker and Devin George and Kobe wanted out of Los Angeles. He wanted to get traded to the Bulls. So what did the Lakers do? They traded for Pau Gasol. They traded for Ron Artest. They traded for Lamar Odom, and they ended up getting two championships out of it. So I'm, I am not going to sit up here and say that, the, that, the, that LeBron wields more power than Kobe ever did because with both of those situations – came championships. Kobe wanted out of Los Angeles. What did the Lakers do? They ended up trading for Pau Gasol and Lamar, and they ended up winning two titles. The Lakers brought LeBron on to their franchise. LeBron chose to come to the Lakers. What happened? LeBron James got Anthony Davis, got Russell Westbrook, or, or excuse me, got Anthony Davis. Lakers ended up winning the title. So I disagree with, with the whole thought process of, LeBron wields more power than Kobe ever did. I disagree with that. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's going to be time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. The year 2001. Why do I bring up the year 2001? Because that is the year that one of the most famous and important trades in NFL history took place. And it took place during the 2001 NFL Draft between the Los Angeles Chargers, then the San Diego Chargers, and the Atlanta Falcons. Let's recap and go back, and I'm going to tell you guys how this trade took place. The Atlanta Falcons gave up their first and third round choices, and a second rounder, 
in the 2002 NFL draft and kick returner Tim Dwight. They gave all of that up to the to the then San Diego Chargers to move up to the number one overall spot from number five. The Chargers took all of that, moved back, moved back four spots to the number five spot, and we all know what happened after that. The Falcons ended up drafting Michael Vick number one overall, and the Chargers ended up taking Ladanian Tomlinson with the number five overall pick. But what if? What if? That trade between the Chargers and Falcons doesn't happen. What if the Chargers actually keep that number one overall pick and they draft Michael Vick and the Falcons stick with their number five spot and they draft LaDainian Tomlinson? If that happens, if the if the Chargers end up drafting Michael Vick with the number one overall pick in 2001, then 2004's draft never happens. Here's why it never happens. If the Chargers draft Vic, they never draft Phillip Rivers. And the Giants never draft Eli Manning. Here's why I say that. Chargers draft Vic four years later, or excuse me, three years later in 04, they don't need a quarterback. They probably end up trading that pick to the New York Giants. And the New York Giants, who originally went went through with Having Kerry Collins for a two-year period, 2000 or three-year period, 2001, 2002, 2003, then they ended up moving moving on from him, and and signing Kurt Warner or or trading for Kurt Warner or signing Kurt Warner, but then they ended up ultimately drafting. They they I I still think that the Giants still draft a quarterback. But it's not Eli Manning. I think it's Phillip Rivers. So what does that mean? Where does Eli Manning end up? Well, if you go back and you look at the order of the 2004 NFL draft, the Chargers aren't going to need a quarterback because they got Vic. The Raiders aren't going to need a quarterback because they got Rich Gannon, which leaves the Arizona Cardinals. I think if the if the if the Chargers draft Michael Vick in 01 and the Raiders have Rich Gannon, and the Giants draft Phillip Rivers. I think Eli Manning ends up as an Arizona Cardinal. I honestly, honestly believe that. Now, people could probably throw out the scenario of, where does Larry Fitzgerald end up? I didn't think that far ahead. But, but that's just my thought process. If Vic ends up a Charger, I think Eli Manning ends up an Arizona Cardinal and Phillip Rivers ends up a New York Giant. But ladies and gentlemen, that's why this is what if you never ever, you never ever know about these things. That's why the quarterback position is one of, is, is the most important position in the National Football League. I just I just gave you guys one of the craziest what if scenarios in in, in league history. But like I said, that's why this is what if. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. Thank you all for listening. I really, really do appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. If you would like to follow me on social media, I'm not a big social media person, but if you would like to follow me anyway, you can follow me on Instagram at quietsoul24, Q-U-I-E-T-S-O-U-L 24. You can follow me on Facebook at Jared 
Dawkins, J-A-R-E-D, Dawkins, D-A-W-K-I-N-S. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm out. Thank you for listening. I hope you all enjoy the second half of this NBA season, as I know I will. And I hope you guys enjoy the NFL free agency offseason, which is coming up soon, as I know I will. Thank you for listening. I'm out. Peace.